Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and we've been exploring relationships on the Steven Universe podcast. And thanks to today's special guests, we're taking that a step further to talk not only about the relationships between the characters, but also the relationships and chemistry between the Crewniverse team who brings them to life. Co-executive producers Kat Morris and Joe Johnston have favorite character relationships, favorite episodes, and some pretty great insights into the boarding teams in the Crewniverse. You'll discover who does great villain work, who loves wordplay jokes, who brought the whole proposal episode to life, and who had a huge hand in creating Connie. So let's get started with Kat and Joe. Thank you guys for coming on and talking to me. Hey, how's Hello. it going? Hello. Yeah, awesome. So so you guys both started out on the show Storyboarders, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Not exactly? Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, Joe started as a storyboard artist, but I was always the storyboard supervisor. Mm. But for the first few episodes, because uh, we didn't really have a full team yet, I helped storyboard. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Those were very fun. It was it was fun to see Kat and her take on things at the beginning. It was nice to see someone who kind of knew the ropes mm-hmm. of what the show kind of was before, like while we, while everyone else who was kind of just coming in very cold. I came in very cold because I hadn't even seen the pilot until just before I started. So it was it was very new for me. Oh gosh, well, how did you how did you like do like test? Did you test for the show? Yeah, I tested for the show um, a couple months before the show started, and I saw the animatic for the pilot while I was oh, working okay. on it. But you had already been sort of living in the show for months at that point yeah yeah so what were some of your favorite episodes you sort of worked on early on in the series my favorite episode will forever be lion three the one where we meet rose for the first time Mm. on screen that one is will always have a uh, special place in my tiny heart (laughs) it's very on the cusp (laughs) of early show yeah yeah but it was uh it was one that jeff and i really got to take ownership over just because it got moved it wasn't gonna be uh where it was in the air order um that one was originally like when we were handed that episode slot that was supposed to be story for steven Mm. and that ended up getting swapped for uh lion three which was just in premise phase at that point Mm. and i remember at the time we argued that we wanted to switch them because of how we were going to meet Rose for the first time. In Story for Steven, it's just a flashback told mm. from Greg's perspective. But in Lion 3, you had this uh, videotape where Steven gets to meet sort of his mom and see his mom like speak to him for the first time, and he would be with Steven when that happened. And so we argued that that should be the first time we meet Rose, and then it, it became like we had to like rejigger the premise and redo <laughs> the outline. But yeah, it was it, all in, everyone in the room. We were all like, "Yes, we should let's do it this way." I can't imagine it being the other way, just because like that moment when the camera turns around and we see Rose for the first time is so 
uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you, like you said, I, I felt I felt that, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah, we felt it too. Reading the premise, we were like, this is powerful. This is like this is the way that we should meet her. Yeah. Mm. I remember you also saying, Rebecca, you have to board the rose part. Yes. <laughs> Joe was not shy about giving Rebecca work to do. <laughs> well, there's just certain things. I mean. She's just really hard to draw. Yeah. That was the main thing. It was like, I don't know how to draw her. I like, drawing and it was it, like the camera was turning around to face her. <laughs> uh, that was a whole mix because Danny ended up doing all of those, those great keys. those key yeah. drawings for her because um, he went over her drawings and was doing all of that. Yeah. A lot of love went into that yeah. specific scene. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun, and Jeff got to do his like his dream bits with a dog copter, and mm-hmm. we we talked a lot about the theories of making art and what that is, and that's where all that that whole monologue oh, that comes was from. The, the, the oh. chess thing, yeah, yeah, the chess. Didn't thing. he also write a song waiting for the pitch? It oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, this. yeah. He wrote he wrote a song while we were waiting to pitch one day, and it just kind of stayed on the desktop at work, and we would play it sometimes when whenever we had mm-hmm. nothing to do in the room. <laughs> Um, I really love Bubble Buddies. I was going to say Bubble Buddies is probably the biggest one because I basically got to create Connie with my board partner, Alice, and a lot of input from the rest of the crew. Yeah, it was fun being able to make a young female character that I felt I could relate to as a kid and as an adult. I mean, I think Connie ended up being very sweet, whereas I'm not necessarily. But uh, in terms of her being very practical like a more level-headed person i feel like you don't always see that and when you do see that they tend to be sort of like brainiac characters but she's smart but she's not a genius Mm -hmm. she's just very very practical and Mm -hmm. i really wanted to have a character like that um i think also the feeling of like you're you're an outcast and no one is ever going to want to be your friend is something any kid can relate to at some point in their life so that was a really fun story to tell and i wrote it with my friend alev which is great. He ended up moving on to character design later in the show. Mm. He did that in, what, Arcade Mania and Lion, the first mm-hmm. Lion. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Bubble Buddies was fun. Connie is my favorite character, <laughs> actually. I remember you saying, like, oh, you should voice Connie. I was like, maybe. But it didn't work out. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So is Connie your favorite character, you'd say, overall? Um. I didn't. I don't really like to pick a favorite. I feel like I like all of the characters in different episodes for different reasons. But I, Connie is very special to me because I was able to have such a big impact on her development. That's awesome. Yeah, Connie's my favorite. I'll I'll go hard on that. That's, she's my You'll favorite. Joe has done a lot with Connie. I feel like I can't like co-opt her. He's written a lot of things. Wow, but you, you like laid you laid the foundation and mm-hmm. it was like, ooh, I can like stand on that really well. That's <laughs> nice. I like that. The groundwork. <laughs> so how did your process like change for both of you guys as the show went on? Uh, I started on paper. Yeah. <laughs> we paper. Drew, we made Joe and Jeff draw on right. paper, even though they were so against it. But we used to do post-its on the first couple mm-hmm. passes mm-hmm. and then regular paper like a full what, 11 by 14 paper cleanup. Why did you make us do that? Okay, so Adventure Time and Regular <laughs> Show, which informed this show, bolted it that way. And we were like, there's just so much character and personality in a in a pencil or pen drawing that you can't get from the computer. But then the reality of production really set in, and we realized all of the things we were missing out on by not I'm, doing computer. No, you, you, still, you still miss out on on the character of it 
Like it, that 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 personality is still something that you can only have in a pencil drawing. I'm not so sure that, anymore. No, I, now that I now that I've seen so much and I myself have gotten better at drawing a computer, I feel like people growing up having only drawn on computers now. That's true. It's just sort of like because I personally prefer to draw with pencil that my drawings with pencil or pen are better than my computer drawings. But I don't think it's as blanket true the way I used to. I was mm. very convinced mm. that computers were just murdering drawings, but mm-hmm. it's not true. Yeah, that was a trip for me because I had I'd been boarding in Storeboard Pro in my previous job. And then the first, uh, the first board we did, Gemglow, was all on paper. And it was it was kind of a nightmare for my desk because I had to set up this big old light table and then I had to move my Cintiq like off to the side, this like couple thousand dollar piece of equipment, <laughs> like, no, you go over here now and I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna draw on paper. The hack is to use your Cintiq <laughs> as the light table. See, I don't want it's it's a fancy screen. You don't wanna <laughs> you don't wanna mess with that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun doing that first board on paper. Just to like, it was for me. It was like, oh yeah, like do it like how all the old people do it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Um, and then, and then there's a couple scenes in there that I had to do in the computer. It was like Pearl, Pearl fighting with the spear, and like there's like this like push and shot on the the centipedal at the end that I I couldn't do on paper. It's like I need I uh, okay, guys, can I just get the program and do it? And then Jeff was. Jeff was uh, Jeff was animating in Flash. He'd been animating at Flash for a long time, and that's that's what he wanted to board in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. A Flash cartoon, yeah. So over more than that, though, like going from your jobs early on to your current jobs, how did your role in general like evolve? As a storyboard supervisor, I was involved with everything pre-production. So that means writing the stories, talking to the storyboard artists as they're pitching. And then after the boards were handed in, I would go over them and do technical revisions. And I would also help out with some creative revisions if things needed to change. That as a director and now as the co-executive producer, I also do post-production, which means that when all the animation comes back from Korea... I help um, maybe address any mistakes that are there or just make things look cooler in a second pass and also edit it down to a specific time, which I think is 11 minutes and 36 seconds, 34. And then we also help with sound design. We make the title cards. Uh, we, now we do absolutely everything as opposed to half of everything. Yeah, the, the really wonderful thing about working on this show is how inclusive Rebecca's made it in terms of the writing process. Even when I was storyboarding, I always felt comfortable coming to her with ideas and things that could be incorporated um, into the show. And we were very early on, we were having writers meetings um, with all the storyboard artists and the writers sort of going over what the sort of trajectory of the show was. And so on, on, on that creative end, not a lot changed when I moved up to the position I am in now. It was just maybe we're just on the very, very forefront now. But it was like whenever whenever Rebecca has an idea, she just she runs around and tells everyone. It's you're never not sort of in the know of what's what's going on or what's going to happen. Um Yeah, and there are no it, secrets. Yeah, it's it's exciting to be a, a part of that and being yeah, involved in that. That's awesome. So how would you guys characterize your styles of directing for each of you? Hmm. Should we describe ourselves only out of politeness or <laughs> Oh, gosh. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, I would say I'm more economic. I tend to see something and want to adjust what exists 
I feel like, Joe, you were more like, eh, let's just redo this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I used to be more. I think I've gotten better about that. It used to be like, I remember Rebecca, well, I remember Gus was on Jailbreak. There was like a whole front section to Jailbreak that I was like, it wasn't working in the pitch. And Re- Rebecca was like, oh, I really like this. I'm like, no, nope, throw it out. Get rid of it. Let's let's try again. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of, can we just not do this thing? Can, can this not be a crowd? What if it was just one character and not seven? Work smarter, not harder. Ideally. We've tried. But I think the heart also happens anyway. It, it's right? going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You can't escape that. True, not always. But I mean, all of that hard work has led to some amazing characters, story arcs, and incredible drawings. And that's what we'll get into with Cat and Joe coming up their favorite character relationships and episodes. <laughs> here with Kat and Joe. Um, So now let's talk relationships. One of the biggest themes in the show, obviously, is relationships, uh, whether it's fusions or just straight up relationships between characters. So uh, what are some of your favorite like pairings in the show? Not necessarily like romantic, but just like friendly uh, rivalries or anything else and and why? Um, I mean, romantically, it's Steven and Connie. That's that's one I've always... (laughs) It's been my favorite. Um, one of the be- one of my favorites to board and write for has been Pearl and Amethyst, um, and, and and Jeff and I had a sort of a big hand in doing their their big episodes um, like Giant Woman and On the Run, um, where some big Pearl and Amethyst uh, and and they're so fun to write just because they're just polar opposites. They're just mm-hmm. they're a comedic duo, um, you know. Just one's a straight man, one's a wild one, and. Uh, yeah, those, those those types of relationships are always just maybe it's because they're easy to write for. <laughs> but uh, well, they also grew a lot too because they yeah. used to just hate each other. And yeah, now they really, yeah. really love each other. Yeah, and that, and that was that that was evident from the very very get go, from the first episodes and the first uh, the things first things we did. It was like, oh, these two are, but, are butting heads, but that's going to change. That's going to evolve. That's going. There's something deeper mm-hmm. to explore here. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. Right, because it because they never really hated each other. It's just yeah. no, no. It's it's just different, different styles, man. Just <laughs> different ways. I think they each had their own baggage they needed to address before they could really love each other. Well, that was that was something that was immediately expressed by Rebecca when, like, the first day when I I knew nothing about the show. It was she came back with like the whole story and where it's going, and was like, oh, everyone's got terrible baggage in this show. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, baggage. That's that's a theme. That's a big theme. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, let's see. I think Joe said mine more or less. Stephen and Connie is my romantic pairing, I'd say. <laughs> the pure love of children. Uh, <laughs> I've always been a proponent for that. Uh, oh, I have lately... It's, it hasn't been popular, but I've been shipping Sadie and Buck. Not as Ooh. not as a permanent pairing, but I feel like they would have like a good thing going for a little Sadie while. I like Holly Blue and the Famethyst. Yes. I think they're very fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, and Steven and Garnet. I like oh, how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how Garnet just plays along with Steven, yes. no matter what it is. He always takes him seriously. The super deadpan humor comes out of that stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so cool. She is. <laughs> Lamar did some of the best stuff. Steven, like, I love you. Yeah. And and like <laughs> the children are playing swords. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> they are dying. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that one episode recently, the pool hopping one, was a really good mm-hmm. Stephen and Garnet episode. That was just yeah. good content. Yeah, that was a very, that was an interesting one. Just because her future vision is so interesting to do and difficult. And navigate. To, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, it's it's really fun to sort of break it and and play with it that way. And, and to show Garnet's more vulnerable mm-hmm. sides, that's something that's always very interesting to do with her because she puts on this such this incredible superhero strong front. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Seeing her unsure is so shocking. Yeah. And then Stephen is able to <laughs> still save the day, I think, mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. being there for her too many cats man <laughs> that's another thing for this show too many cats <laughs> need to get some it's dogs central here. so overall what arcs like character arcs uh would you guys say that you've like related to the most i guess amethysts with uh the the bit with jasper specifically like uh beta and earthlings having that inferiority complex and having to get over that, I think, is pretty universal. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just Stephen's overall arc. Not so much the, like, the dead girl. dead mom yeah. war hero. Thing, <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's a lot there. <laughs> when, I, when I first started on the show, what really got me was a, a lot of my family. I have, there's a lot of girls in my family. <laughs> All of my cousins are girls. And so just being sort of surrounded by that energy was Zero very energy. yeah it was very very <laughs> relatable to me um and that's that's what really drew me in to Stephen and and how he you know behaves in in his relationships um that's what really got me that's interesting i hadn't even thought about that but that's yeah that makes sense are there any like arcs that you guys had a particularly big role in like shaping as as directors or as co-executive producers or any of the hats that you guys have worn I feel like that's hard to say because it's so collaborative. Mm-hmm. Everyone is putting in something. So no no single person except I, Rebecca yeah. is really right. steering anything. Yeah, I will say that I kind of inspired the cluster in our first writers meeting. Because I was like, there should be a gem living in the center of the earth. And then mm. we all talked about it from there. Mm. And that became the cluster arc. It was interesting. <laughs> if, it was, if it was just one gem, that was... <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it ended up being many gems. But Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you can't say like, oh, one person did something because it changes so much. Even if yeah. there's one inspiration point, it just goes and goes and goes through so many hands and so many versions. From that meeting, I remember we were talking about... It was, after, it was like as we were boarding Ocean Gem, we were talking about the next... 26 we, episodes that, or something. Because when we had first written Ocean Gem, we didn't know for sure that there were going to be episodes after. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was written sort of like, it can keep going or it kind of can go to end there if it wants. But I remember in that meeting, I really wanted a space heist, space prison, Connie, Greg get kidnapped kind of, and Steven has to go to Homeworld to rescue them sort of story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were all kind of just, as soon as like space and Homeworld became a thing it was like okay we gotta go there we gotta do something there um (laughs) so i think we were all of that all that mind but some of that kind of became that one arc where greg gets kidnapped Mm -hmm. and um i think the only arc that i had a real impact on as a border was uh the friendship arc Mm -hmm. um with pearl and Mm. garnet um just because jeff and i got to do both ends of that arc we got to do the beginning and how it sort of wrapped up which was a very that was difficult but i remember sardonyx being like exactly what i thought sardonyx was gonna be yeah yeah, sardonyx and and then just 
doing Pearl and Garnet's rift, mm-hmm. that was really we had, we talked a long time about how to treat that because it's a very delicate delicate thing mm-hmm. um, that we For were trying. Sure. It, and there's there's all these metaphors in it that you know you, you want to be careful that you're you're saying the right thing or saying what you want to say. That was that was the we didn't mm-hmm. want this to be confused with anything. It was tricky. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that was a. That was- a crazy arc and fun and fun it's <laughs> always it's, fun. it's true, always true. fun you also requested an alien mushroom planet and that ended yes. up becoming jungle moon yes cactus planet yes <laughs> it was cactus. cactus i was at i was at the huntington gardens one time <laughs> and in the desert garden there's just a ton of succulents and cactuses and they just look so fun if you get down with your camera like right at the base and like make them look huge like they're just really weird looking yeah i wanted a cactus planet <laughs> So we, we were talking about Steven a minute ago. He's been through a lot. Um, what do you <laughs> What do you think his like whole headspace is at in the most recent arc with all of the, you know, pink diamond insanity? I think he's still reeling. It's a big shift from what he thought was a reveal in the first place, which is when he thought his mom wasn't so good. And now she was really not so good. But then maybe she was <laughs> okay, actually, right. a little bit. But, but also he is her. But not. I think he's reeling, but not any worse than he's been reeling <laughs> throughout the show. I don't think this like his whole thing is about his his identity and what it means to him. And mm, be careful here. Um, <laughs> Use your words wisely, Joe Johnston. <laughs> um, you know it, it, the whole concept that you know he he was his mom and and who his mom was and how that's been shifting and changing throughout the show it's it's not such new territory that he doesn't know how to sort of stand on it it's a feeling he's used to but information he hasn't processed yeah and and Mm. the difference the difference now is that he has even less understanding Mm -hmm. i think of what that role is and what it means to be a diamond and the other characters are the ones that have way more world shattering Mm. opinions about it i think that's part of it is that he has to put off processing it because he has to deal with the rest of the team. And then immediately after that, the other diamonds come down and start a fight. So he hasn't really been able to look this in the face quite yet. Yeah, but he will. Or will he? It takes takes time. (laughs) takes time. (laughs) So why is Steven the one that is needed to bring everyone together in all of this, you think? I feel like it's because he has the greatest empathy He's really self-sacrificing, so in using his ability to love others, he helps them learn to love themselves. Right. I think also he just thinks everyone's really cool and that they should all get along. I think that's sort of like the base of him, like from the very beginning. He was just, his, the gems to him were just the coolest thing uh, he'd ever known. And then the fact that there's even more and more cool and fun things about them that, you know, that he just loves. It's like all, it's all your toys when you're growing up all like know each other and are best friends you know e- even even though like they're from what other franchises they are they don't they, maybe they wouldn't get along this but to you a weird metaphor i don't know i don't know but to, <laughs> to, to you like they're they're you know and you, you never want to see your family fighting or your, mm-hmm. your, right. your aunts and uncles or anything it's i think it also goes back a little bit to baggage Steven mm. Universe to show mm. uh, <laughs> because Steven of everyone has the least baggage he doesn't have the history that everyone does when, yeah. when the show starts he's yeah. like what 10 or 12 
So, yeah, everyone else has just got years and years of stuff piled up, but he's able to come at things with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and give a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you need sometimes to solve mm-hmm. the most long-standing, deep-seated issues. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you need someone to carry the baggage. Stephen <laughs> Stephen can do that. He has super Stephen strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think makes the Crystal Gem special as a team? Joe already has an answer for this cute. They're not special. <laughs> no. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> have an answer to this. <laughs> yeah, they are special. They are a team. I don't know if they're special. Compared to other teams, um, I think there's something that we talk about in the show, which is the id, ego, and superego. And each one of the gems has that, because Amethyst would be the id, because she just is pleasure-seeking. Garnet is the ego, because she's sort of in between the superego and the ego, and that she's balanced, but she can also look inward. Whereas Pearl, as the superego, is very rules-oriented and is always doing things correctly. So they're all different, but because they are together, they can complement each other. So nothing is out of balance. Even more so with Steven around, who is just a well-rounded guy. And he's just in the middle, sort of anchoring everybody. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It only it only works because Steven's there. Yeah, I'm clearly. I mean, we saw. Like it, it doesn't. Mess, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes the Crystal Gems work as a team. It's Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the anchor. Right, totally. But who's the glue holding the crew universe together? That's what we'll talk about with Kat and Joe coming up. Let's get into the relationships behind the scenes between team members and how the Crooniverse collaborates creatively. All right, I'm still here with Kat and Joe. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, we've talked about relationships for characters in the show, um, but I wanted to ask about relationships like behind the scenes between the, the team members. So what are some of the, the strengths uh, in the board teams that you guys have seen? Like, what do you pick up on? Okay, um... Uh... Let's let's do team by team. Team by team. Yeah. Starting with our first team, so, Joe and Jeff. Uh, I think Joe and Jeff brought really good shonen action stories <laughs> with weird psychological drama. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jeff is a very unique storyteller, and I really like his take on things. I feel like his way of describing dreams feels very dreamlike, which is really hard to do mm-hmm. as a conscious person. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Joe has amazing storytelling ability. He animates really well. Jeff does too. <laughs> Jeff, me, it's me all, Jeff, yeah, yeah. Actually, they both animate. Anything that looks really, really, really cool, it's probably Rebecca, Jeff, and Joe who animated it. Um, Katie and Lamar. Lamar's a huge weirdo. Uh, <laughs> he's the reason Onion is Onion. Yes. Uh, he's really, really funny. I remember early on when Lamar would pitch episodes, they would be different from the outline in a way where I thought it wasn't working. And then when I saw it all together, I was like, oh, this is genius. He's actually, he's just a savant. He's just an amazing, amazing writer. Yeah, and he's so smooth. (laughs) Like whenever, whenever he pitches, it's, it, whenever something funny happens it's so unexpected because mm-hmm. he's he's got this like cool smooth way of leading you through the story and then something like really weird happens and yeah. you're like what <laughs> no one else could have played buck it needed to be Lamar. that's true yeah <laughs> katie's katie's drawings are really beautiful she has just like a really nice aesthetic i've always really liked her drawings mm-hmm. that was her half because lamar tend, he's definitely more cartoony and then katie could really breathe in that just like lovely to look at yes. drawing yes paul and raven uh, I really like their villain intros. Yes, uh, Paul especially has like a like a one piece Shonen Jump style to stuff, where like Jasper I think is <laughs> Jasper because of Paul. 
and then like Topaz and Aquamarine being who they are is very much Paul and Raven. I think they also do gritty emotional stuff. Yeah. yeah they like they, to, they really like to take it to a heavy place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to walk it back, but I think the show's richer for it ultimately. But but also be able to make that funny. Yeah. Uh the way that like uh too many birthdays mm-hmm. is like this frightening existential like Stephen is growing old. <laughs> um but it's also hilarious like yeah. Pearl and her pie and Oops, sorry. I shouldn't bring up Pearl in her pie. Um, <laughs> the soft top is a it's touchy. But all the, um, I remember some of the Garnet jokes in that one. Where it's just like violence is not the answer. Like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, they're both really funny. Paul's got a lot. I remember Stephen floats. I mean, that's all just yeah. That's all Paul. That's all Paul just yeah. being a joke machine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, uh, they had a lot of influence on Lars and Sadie mm, and their early yes. relationship, especially. Yes. Uh, I think Island Adventure is their favorite episode, which makes sense to me because it's like, it feels like so much what they want to do with the show. Yeah, it's everything. Um, we have Hillary and Lauren. Hillary loves wordplay. Yeah. If there's a joke that's <laughs> so very Lauren. specific to the language. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, Lauren yeah, did too. They like word jokes. Um, <laughs> and then like kind of... I don't know how to describe Lauren's sense of humor, but there's just sort of a quality, like an off the wall. It's sort of like, it feels like free associative sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you were just sort of like writing. And as it was coming out, you were like, that's it. That's the joke. Yeah. you, Yeah. She would, <laughs> always, she would always land on something very character driven and very, yeah, like very funny. Very naturalistic. And then yeah. Hillary, I think is, she really likes the quiet drama. Yeah. Uh, being quietly sad, I think, is a hallmark of her stuff. <laughs> but it's always been very lovely. Mm-hmm. It's very rooted in manga, I think. Mm-hmm. Who else? Well, we've got Mickey. Yeah, Mickey and Jeff. Mickey and Jeff. Mickey Brewster. Um, her first episode was Jungle Moon, which was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. A, made a, a bit of a splash. Us, her her mm-hmm. first episode was Jungle Moon. And she's just, she's all cool. She's all cool, but it's it's not a, like a, a, a put on sort of cool. But she's cool, but she's very silly. Yeah. Like her yeah. Ruby is so exactly yes. Ruby. Yes. She, <laughs> she did, uh, she did um, the question that was, she did a lot of the Ruby stuff and the whole proposal scene mm-hmm. um, in the question, which is just an amazing, amazing little bit. That's all Mickey. Mickey feels like a good kid to me like there's something about her that's just like so warm-hearted and kind and positive it's crazy like how many people come in like all the time yeah Yeah. there wasn't there wasn't a huge turnover at first but as the years went on a few people needed to come in come in and go come and go kind of thing Mm -hmm. amber amber oh amber is like such a she's such a staple to me. She did revisions for so long, so mm-hmm. so much of her work is in the show. Yeah. Even before she's credited as a yeah. board artist. Yeah. Uh she even did a bunch of designs for the zoo. Mm-hmm. All those all those amethysts. Mm-hmm. She did those. Um she's just she's cute. I like her stuff. Yeah. It's cute. It's yeah. just nice. <laughs> just a solid, really, really solid understanding of, of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell she really loves it. Yeah. Because it just comes out and everything she writes and her, obviously her drawings are great that's that's a strength <laughs> that everyone kind of shares on the show this you can always tell that that love you can see that love colin was another sweet and silly gosh and his drawings were just so so charming so 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 charming and he was a designer uh for a long time before he moved up to boards and then he went back to design he was our lead designer for a while mm-hmm. um just just the most amazing charming funny drawings just really funny expressions um, he could draw Steven, like, 
no one else yeah. could on the crew. Yeah. Then Helen had just a, such a specific point of view. I really love. <laughs> it made me feel at home at first because there was such a regular show quality to her work. Oh yeah. And, uh, she just had such great drawings and like, or like the radio Taisto thing she does for. Um, yes. What is that episode? It's a that's future, future vision. vision. Yeah. That's future vision. Yeah. Something like that. Like it can only be Helen. Oh, the watermelon spitting thing. Yeah. Like she just had so many great ideas that I would have never considered. Me torta. Yeah, me yeah. torta. <laughs> she had this line. I'm going to say it. We got cut out. Um, but I still say it to this. I think I said it like last week. Um, where it was at the end of Fusion Cuisine. And Amethyst is like, I love popping biscuits for my body tube. <laughs> it's so oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just Helen. Yeah, oh, she's so gosh. funny. And she wrote songs that were great. Yes. Yes. I love her music. We had a lot of great people on this show. Mm-hmm. And more to come. More to come. Good. <laughs> There's a lot of fun stuff coming. Wait, I want to know what you think my strength is as a board artist, Joe. Oh. You got to be nice because we work together. <laughs> I have to be nice? You have to be. I have to be nice? Um, Kat has the most solid of fundamentals that y- it's it's so easy to sort of fall into the story when Kat has boarded something. It's just there. It's just, and it's working and, and it's lovely. I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that to go into And her drawings are amazing. <laughs> her drawings you. are so amazing and she hides them and, and it's, we have to like hoard them and steal them from her. It's really funny. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is disturbing. I do walk in offices sometimes like, oh my God, do you have my drawings? What did you pull those out of the garbage? We have, we have, we have <laughs> drawings that Kat doesn't even know that we have. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I hate thinking yeah. about oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So we were talking about uh, the more to come. Recently, mm-hmm. we saw a a little bit of a teaser for the Steven Universe movie. What was it like seeing that finally out there? It's a it's a new feeling because <laughs> um, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of when we were first starting on the show. Um, we were just working on this really really cool thing, and we weren't allowed to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it was just like this really really fun awesome thing, and yeah, now it's out there and announced, and that's exciting. Um, Not I got, living in secret feels no, good. Yeah. I can just tell people now, like, oh, I'm working on a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really nice. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, it's been a challenge. Um, I got to the the teaser that was uh, played at Comic Con. That all came together about a month before Comic Con. Um, I had an idea that we that I that I pitched and. I boarded it and we did it. It was like, it was we were a very, like, yes, exactly that. That's exactly what it's it got to be. It was a very quick, like, hey, let's do this. Okay, let's do it. And then, then we did it, um, <laughs> which is not something that always happens. <laughs> yeah, that's the other industry. thing. There's not a lot of immediacy in animation. No, right? no. So, and we got and we got to work with uh, Kevin Dart and the people over at, at Chromosphere to put it together. And the composers did some music yes, for it. Yes, yes. It was every element that we love mm-hmm. to use, we got to use <laughs> for this little short thing. Yeah, get hyped. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> so what do you think makes the Crooniverse special as a team? Um, I think we're all a bunch of weirdos, <laughs> and that's great. Uh, I think everybody really is invested in the show, and that matters. Mm-hmm. I think when you don't care about what you're doing, it's obvious quickly to the people watching it. But when you love it the way that our crew loves the show, well, I don't want to put words in mouth. They're invested. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like you, you put a lot of yourself in there and that I think makes for the most interesting work and the most honest work. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard one. It's hard to boil down the whole crew. Uh, it's just a great group of people. It's just, yeah. It's good to go to a place where you like 
being with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it shows too. Yeah. Like you said, in the final, the final product, you can tell when they cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking to me. No nope. problem. No problem. The Steven Universe podcast is produced by Charles Abadje, Stacey Para, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, The Crewniverse, and Turner Studios in Atlanta. Please subscribe to the Steven Universe podcast at Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a five-star rating and review while you're there. We love your feedback. Or you can always listen on Google or Amazon smart speakers. Just say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, play the Steven Universe podcast. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I'll see you next time.